and he said, you can't suck my dick if you're not gay. And I said, oh yeah, watch this. Welcome everyone to Excitement Incorporated. I'm Daniel. I'm Gage. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, Gage is going to be on to do this episode with us because uh, he is official Axel, the said composer of the show, uh, best friend of the show, as well as um, a Last of Us Part 2 player, which, b- surprise, we're talking about The Last of Us. You knew this was coming. There's no way we weren't going to do something like this on the show, but uh, Gage and I have played the game in depth, and we're going to talk about it. We also have had a lot of time to sit on it because the game's been out for uh, well over a month now. Almost two months, actually, and um, we've been through it. We've been through the roller coaster that is The Last of Us Part Two. We've seen a lot of the clamor um, rise and fall in time. So uh, that being said, Excitement Inc. is a video game, pop culture, movies, TV-centric podcast sprinkled with bits of comics or uh, audiobooks, whatever you have it and you want to talk about it. Uh, this episode, however, is going to be specifically about The Last of Us Part Two. Sorry, I bumped my mic just there, everyone. Uh, y- you can catch the show on most every single audio podcast platform and soon to be on the YouTubes as well is where you can go and, and, and watch the videos. I'm slowly but surely editing the massive backlog. It's only going to take me 100 hours of uh, time to do that, but whatever, you know what I mean? Um, it's just a, a, a grind, but um, you know what wasn't a grind was The Last of Us Part Two. It was not a grind because that game... Well, I thought it was fun. Uh, if anyone, um, you know, takes it takes it the the wrong way, they come here and they're like, I don't like this show. Well, that's fine because you can go over to When Daniel Met Rich, which is our topical podcast. That's one where we talk about embarrassing things that happen to us in real life and awkward sexual situations um, that aren't either that are either too sexual or aren't supposed to be sexual. Um, but either way, I can guarantee it's awkward. So... We need to get off the business. Gage, you got your PS4 on Black Friday, this yeah. last Black Friday, and we've taken, essentially, uh, you, you've been losing your PS4 virginity over the last few months, and, I mean, you, as opposed to a lot of us who played The Last of Us five years ago, six, seven years ago when it first came out, uh, and then uh, had to wait for The Last of Us Part Two. You got to play them essentially back-to-back um, and experience all of that magic at once. I went back and I did a replay of The Last of Us uh, Part Two. but uh, what did you think entirely of The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two uh, in that order? It was... It was really cool to get to play them back to back because I it just made the whole story flow way better, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine having to wait after playing the first one because the first one was a roller coaster ride in itself. Yeah, even ugh, that game. Yes, <laughs> but the second one, the second one, they somehow were able to pull it off where they completely blew the first one out the water. I felt like. Agreed. They built off the first one, but the way the entire story flowed from the first game into the second game and how mm-hmm. they had a lot of drawbacks and flashbacks leading preceding from the first one was just yeah. It was it was great how they laid it all out. And it was smart of them to 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 call it part 2 because it was in, in very very much a second part of the first game, you know, it's not the last of us 2 um cuz it it is a part of the first. That's why it is second part. 
And I was, it was like watching, uh, like a two-part show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was back to back. Yes, the flow was pretty flawless, and you you said it yourself in the way that we had to have the, there's expectations of the first game where we you know and i thought the same thing playing through it uh, again was how are they going to capitalize how are they going to take us to the emotional depths that they did in the first game again the second time and this is something that neil Druckmann said uh that he wouldn't do the second game unless he had the right story he would not do a second game unless he could do it right and i'm sure a big part of that was he wouldn't do it unless he was sure he was going to strike gold again, the way he did with the first game. And he did flawlessly because the game takes you to those emotional pits that the first game did from the get-go. And in the weird way, again, that it is the second part, we get the first first game, which is kind of that, that roller coaster ride, and to me, it's almost like a roller coaster that goes backwards the exact same way it came forwards. Where you get to that end and you're like, okay, what's it going to be like now? And then you go backwards, not literally here, but you've got the rest of the roller coaster to go. Or it you know, turns on a pivot and then goes through the rest of it to take you back home. That it's just as crazy, if not crazier. Yeah, the way they kind of... I thought it was pretty funny um, at the beginning of the second game, they had that snowball fight. Yes. And I, it, the whole story is just a giant snowball effect where it just, they did such a good job of building on top of each piece of suspense. <laughs> that was their way of like, being like oh, a met- this is a metaphor, by the way, <laughs> what do small snowballs do? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really cool to see how they laid out the beginning from the second one. Like everything was super innocent with the children, the daycare being put in the scenery. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not long after, things just start hitting the fan and it keeps going and going and you're just left right. wondering the whole time, how do they keep this pacing? How do they keep doing driving the story? Yeah. So with the game and the way it starts in the very beginning Letting us play as Joel right after he he tells Tommy, look, I fucked up. And not even, maybe not so much that he fucked up, so much as like, I'm getting it off my chest with you, but that's where it stops. I can't tell her, I can't do anything, and we're going to have to live with that. Um, And then they ride back to Jackson together, showing us how good the game looks. And that opening sequence, especially after playing the first game, I don't know about you, I felt like I was ending the first game still. Like this was the epilogue of the first game. Yeah. Very clever thing to do. And the whole whole game, when you listen to him talk about uh, when you listen to him the whole first game talk about, like, I'll teach you, I'll teach you guitar that, like, that's fine. And then he shows up with her guitar and then he plays the Pearl Jam song. And then here I am crying in the first 10 minutes of the game because it's cathartic. You feel good being there listening to the song, um, listening to him sing and play guitar too for her, which is something we never see see come full circle because they just never get around to it. Uh, I mean, how did you feel about the prologue and then that part of the game? 
<laughs> they had they they were pulling on my own heartstrings too, because from the first one, since I got to play it right away, after the first one, uh, I remember them talking about Joel was saying he was going to teach her how to mm-hmm. play guitar. Mm-hmm. So when it came to that moment, it was just like, oh, this is, this is a moment, and they, yeah, they capitalized on that. They really did. Um, instead of just like putting it in the vague background, they kind of, you know, they really put into perspective, like, and especially that song, which is like, if, if I would be lost without you, you know, and that's what that, that relationship had become where she is more important than that. Shut the fuck up, Pam. We're not talking to you. And they cut right into that. Then we get the time jump of Ellie the night after the dance. And we start getting those bro vibes with Jesse. Who's like, heard your kiss dude. And she's like, is that okay? And he's like, we, we broke up. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. That immediate, like, Jesse is cool vibe. They start very quickly by showing us how cool Jesse is. He's, and, he's very real and has, like, a pretty good, solid understanding of, like, where he stands emotionally. Yes. Yes, that makes him a very grounded character, and in a way, makes it probably makes him the most sane character in the entire game. When you look at it from that perspective, he's the one character who's not, you know, he's just he's along for the ride, but he's not, you know, he's loyal. You can tell um, purely because he's still helping out his his ex and his friend who are now together. Clearly, um, and then. They started venturing around. He goes, uh, what well, Ellie goes out with Dina. Um, <laughs> they go through the bar, and Ellie gets a bigot sandwich. <laughs> the bigot Classic, sandwich. a bigot sandwich. Oh jeez, oh jeez. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they didn't use use anything worse than that when they when they finally told what the the asshole at the end said. You know, and that's so funny. Here's your bigot sandwich. It was an apology, Ellie, but we get it. That was there's a time and a place for it. Um, and that was in the past before civilization ended. Um <laughs> Well also that, that apology was pushed on both of them from Maria. Yeah. Yeah. They're both like, This is a fragile truce and I'm not eating this sandwich, clearly. <laughs> steak and horse wasn't it steak and horseradish or something like that? He's like, he made yeah. her something good had stake in it yeah but yeah they they talk about how like she's not talking to to joel and it's kind of like these hints of like oh shit and then they're talking in town her and dina about watching a movie that night the both of them which just hurts more later when you come to terms with these things uh did you know that uh when you cut someone um and they bleed into the snow that the snow melts that makes sense. It does. There's so many tiny little details. I'm thinking about the snowy area of that game and how good it is. Uh, so they push forward, and uh, we get to switch to Abby and start playing as Abby. Did you feel betrayed <laughs> after we find out what Abby is there to do? Yeah, I was just like, at first, I didn't realize what happened because I, I thought I was still playing Ellie. Really? So I was like, wait, how the hell did Ellie get up in the mountains? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so confused. Mm-hmm. I was so confused, but then once I realized this is who the heck is this chick? Yeah, why are they making me say her? What's her importance? Yeah, and she says that she's there for someone. Did you have any inkling? It was spoiled. It was spoiled for me. So 
Um, it didn't soften what happened at all. Still destroyed yeah. me a little bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, did that? Uh, but yeah, you didn't have an inkling. No, I, I avoid. I managed to avoid all of the talk that was going on. Lucky the game yeah. Came out. Lucky. So a, a, everything was completely fresh and unspoiled when I was getting into it. That's good. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Which just made it more dramatic and just like. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. <laughs> You're so excited to see Joel when he grabs you, pulls you out. Who are you, Joel Miller? That's yeah. wonderful. We're just going to ride back together. So. When, a when Abby blows Joel's leg out with a shotgun. What was that? Was that on a scale of one to ten? How was that oh shit moment for you? Because I didn't know how she did it, so that also caught me off guard. Um, how did it feel when she did that? <laughs> it hit me as soon as uh, Joel and Tommy were introducing themselves to everybody, and then as soon as Joel said his name, everyone looked up and was just like, and I was like, oh god. No, no, no! Don't do this! Don't do this! No, no, no! <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, yeah, so, blah, right? Yeah. Freaking kneecap. <laughs> no, it was it was yeah. very. <laughs> yeah, I was just like they they really went there. Yeah. Holy crap! They they really went there. This is it. Ellie shows up. She just gets pushed down, and then they uh, well, let's just say Abby goes full um full jack on poor andrew ryan this is this took the cake for golf club deaths that's for sure beating his head in was that contrived to you i was a little upset it wasn't you know like yes it was brutal that she beat his head in with a golf club to me i wish like they couldn't have done a bat and the bludgeoning death is always like the worst there's a part of me that that wishes it was just a little less um you know she could have done a slow like throat slit something she wanted him to suffer and she beat him you know uh, to the point he wasn't even there anymore but i digress i i even wondered if that was like a small nod to bioshock because it just reminded me of bioshock yeah right <laughs> um it was a hotel though so i guess it makes sense that the golf clubs were there um but uh so yeah they they kill joel and leave and we are left to go through joel's house after visiting his his gravestone and it's here that I feel, and go ahead and take off with this, is that this is probably the first and only game that makes me, on a personal level, legitimately grieve the death of a character. Especially after playing through the first one, um, it's like you went on this whole journey and you were with them. You were with Joel and Ellie going through that. I think since it was so soon, I, I legit cried going through Joel's house. Same. It was just like... She's smelling his coats and stuff. Yeah. Looking at his I, I, carvings. All of his old man stuff. And you go backwards. And after, you know, you kind of figure out what they were doing, like, you... you you quickly figure out that a big part of this is that, like, he was finding ways to bide his time without Ellie. 
and all these hobbies he might have been taking up. Um, the dirty things he might have been doing for coffee. <laughs> Which is a thing. <laughs> Go ahead and move your mic a little bit closer to your mouth because sometimes you talk and it doesn't pick up. And okay. Yep, much better, thank you. And so... Uh, <laughs> For for me going through his house and then eventually like leaving, you see all the all the flowers and stuff that are like next next to his house. Additionally, too, and it, to me, uh, it's it's this thing of there there was never any way Ellie wasn't going to go after these people. There is no reality, and that's probably why Tommy went before she did in that way that he wanted to to keep her to keep the spirit of Joel alive in the way that if something happened to Ellie he just would have been it would have been for nothing in this weird way and he knew as as well he knew what it was to Joel that she stayed alive and the fact that he also murdered <laughs> all these people Tom, Tommy knew before he did or before Ellie did as yeah. well so um, she's like, I'm saddling up and leaving. Dean is like, I'm, of course, coming with you, um, even though there's an uh, inkling in my mind that I might be pregnant. <laughs> and they leave yeah. for Seattle. Yeah. That so first much. that first open world section, uh, how did that How did that make you feel, and how do you feel about the Ellie-Dina dynamic? They had a pretty good dynamic um, from starting out seemed like ellie was a lot more cautious about trying to get caught up in uh her entanglement with dina <laughs> yes yes but um as time went on they, they seemed to get more she seemed to get more comfortable with dina and it was just like it's funny because ellie's thing is that she had a fear of being alone and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she ended up getting caught up with dina yes and towards the end uh Towards the end, she ends up being alone. Technically, we don't know that she might have gone, but the um, the opening dynamic there is really, really. I think it's one of the better playful banter relationships, and Naughty Dog is really good at this because you've played some Uncharted games, um, and 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 you yeah. know this is how they keep the dialogue and the flow of the game going. But they have these conversations and they do the flirting. And they uh, see Smash Bandicoot and <laughs> decide to do it <laughs> after smoking weed. Do you think? Uh, do you feel at any point that uh, that the uh, oh there were complaints that LGBTQ was crammed in the game because LGBTQ? Did you ever feel that way? Um, playing as Dina no. and Ellie because I kind of there were times that I forgot that they were together romantically i i didn't feel like it was anything pressing yeah it, it it feels like a very good game that had a good sense of balance of the day and age that we live in today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, it, it felt normal to me because i i have a gay aunt that's it's never been anything that i've yeah. even paid attention to it's so, so normal and even you know like you say that and like i i have you know clearly we we have plenty of lgbtq people in our life but it almost seems stupid that anyone would make the complaint that it's crammed in all your lgbtq it's crammed in because progressives er i'm angry why are you cramming it in my media i'd rather go watch some titties on game of thrones 
and that ultimately is where I think a, a, a big part of that that um, that lies in fallacy when people complain about that is because the dialogue is so straightforward and so pure and so great that it's you know in the same way that any real life relationship works, you should work on yourself before you're in a relationship and a relationship should be something that backs you up so if anything um dina's a perfect girlfriend and they're the dichotomy that they have and you know um with the occasional flirting but they're out there to do the job that they you know went to do um and i i think that the the complaints um if you're complaining about it you're uncomfortable with lgbtq Sorry. That, 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 I think a lot of people are kind of fed in the media format of like, it's, it's very cookie cutter. Like this, yes. this game breaks a lot of those molds for people. Yes, it and does. I think it makes people feel uncomfortable because it's just out of the norm for them maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I think this game is such a perfect representation of what real life is. Yes. And um, Ellie and Dina aren't trying to squeeze off and, and do gay things and be gay um every every chance they get you know um there's a reason that they made love before well before (laughs) um things kick off and start getting worse like you said um when shit hits the fan um with joel's death and for that reason um i heard people complain about that but uh no no one complained about owen nailing abby (laughs) <laughs> in the boat like vividly explicitly nsfw style where ellie and dina's seen nothing like that um but uh hey let's stop let's stop cramming uh lgbtq in our games and not not <laughs> and not uh, uh uh not complaining about the the sex the heterosex that happens in it um this is a video game guys yeah why are you guys just like shoehorning this in i thought that that honestly being that owen was with mel and not abby if anything the heterosex scene had was far more out of place than Elliot, any of the lgbtq stuff when you yeah. think about it it just yeah. like again Look, a bunch of piece of shit people, but we'll get to that. We need to blast through the story here, uh, just to make sure we don't we don't uh lose substance here in terms of our pacing. So um we find out Dina's pregnant. That's a slap to the face to us and Ellie. Ellie's like, Are you serious? Come on. <laughs> and um, the funniest meme I think I saw was was like, Don't worry, it's not yours. And Ellie doing the <laughs> Really? Ellie doing magic. the yeah, like the face. <laughs> Pause. Sorry. No worries. <clears throat> that's like the that's the best meme. It's a, a typical Dina, of course. And then um, Ellie's like, "That's fine. I'm gonna go kill everyone anyway because I came here to do this." And Dina's like, "Okay, well, I feel like shit. Probably should have said something before I came all the way to Seattle with you. Whatever. We won't talk about that." Then uh, Jesse shows up. Was did Jesse show up before or after um, that that happened? Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember like the 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 it story was, and it how. Was after. I'm trying to remember where it happened. What did you say? It was after. It was after. 
right after Dina and Ellie talked, and then Ellie went off on her own. Right. And I believe she went and... She goes to the hospital um, before and kills the first friend at the hospital violently, I believe, before Jesse gets there, right? I mean... No. No? That's after? That's after. She yeah. went on another run to, I believe, pick up medicine? Okay. She okay. went to go... She went to go get something else for Dina, and then that after that, Ellie goes back out, and that's when she runs into Jesse. Oh, okay, got you. Uh, th- well, that was a pleasant surprise. And Jesse was like, "You think I'm gonna let you do this go- uh, uh, alone?" And it's like, "Yes, Jesse!" Like, <laughs> like you have a hundred reasons to be pissed and let them go, and let them suck and die, and <laughs> and yet Jesse is there to help yep. bail Ellie out um this is around the first time they start using dogs too they can sniff your scent that was an interesting thing how did you feel killing dogs and killing characters and have them yell out oh no amanda oh no gabe oh no like yeah (laughs) bear like they killed my dog did that work? Was that was that something that did you sit out? Uh, did you sit there do it and go? Oh, it's a game, or did you go? I killed bear. You know, it didn't hit me until it was bear, and then as playing through Abby, when they they show like a bear being a nice, cute dog, yeah. it's like, oh, this this dog's actually could be cool. But since I was playing as Ellie as his enemy, like it totally didn't come off that way while I was playing Ellie. Yeah. Well, there was Bear. Bear's the one you kill on the level. That's a one of the random dogs. The dog you kill um as Ellie that turns out to be like the one you play fetch with. That one's name, that one's a female dog of some kind. Um and I forgot her name. Um someone just said that they felt bad. Um The Last of Us Part 2. I'm looking for the German Shepherd. What is the Alice? Alice was the German Shepherd they had. But there was one named Bear, too, because I remember in that stealth level um, with all the houses and stuff, uh, with, like, the second set of dogs, the second time you face dogs, I remember sniping that dog from afar and then him being like, Bear! No, which I'm sure you get a million different things. This game is made to be different every time you play it, despite the fact that it's quite linear. And um, you can get a different reaction because there's a million ways to go about this. You could kill both of them at the same time and never hear that line. You know, yeah. Um, but it does hit you eventually, and especially like when you kill Alice when the dog is jumping on you, and then later on you're like, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna grab Alice," and you're like, "Wait a minute, is that their dog? Oh God, that is their dog." Oh, yeah. there's there's a lot of subtle things that happen in the game. Like, yeah, if you're not paying attention, they would have totally gone over your head. And do but you was... go ahead? Do you think that they they uh? Some people say, oh, they just did this to make you feel guilty. They did that. They they make you play, kill the dog and then play with it so you feel guilty. I don't think that they necessarily did it to make you feel guilty as much as to point out, like, this is somebody's someone. Alice, at the end of the day, was somebody's dog. I don't think they want you to feel bad, per se. And a really good Kotaku article I read said that this game is one of the first games that you strictly play third person metaphorically as well as actually like physically it's not just the game you're watching a story play out and you get to play as these characters as you go along a lot of people like to identify with the characters they're playing 
which makes sense. But at the end of the day, you're in someone else's shoes. Yeah. And going it, about it, that. Th this game is the first game I feel like I can say there's no main character driving the story. The story's going to go on the way it's going to go on. True. And in those moments, I never thought, like, oh, they wanted me to make, make me feel guilty. It was more just, like, this is a really cool way of showing two sides to every story. Yeah, very much so. Um, and also the way that an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, almost literally. Yeah, in almost every situation. <laughs> that yeah. turned out terrible. <laughs> and, like, the, the crazy thing is this is a long-format thing. So when we watch these characters do these things to each other and they just go on and on and on and they ruin each other's life, this vicious cycle, um, it's really, I feel like, as we're watching Ellie get closer and closer to, to uh, uh, Abby's side of the campaign, so she kills her friend brutally with a pipe. She beats one of her friends to death with a with a lead pipe. Probably doesn't help that said friend said that Joel cried like a bitch or was a little bitch. And that was very effective at making you go, get her, Ellie. <laughs> Fucking get that bitch now. <laughs> right? I don't know. That yeah. infuriated me. Yeah. When she decided to put salt in that wound, right? Yeah, it's just like, you really gotta like, Oh, you gotta dress it up like that when you're <laughs> you're about to die anyways without her beating you with a lead pipe. <laughs> right. Who knows? Maybe it was like it was like mind games. It was psychological warfare at that point. But she beats her she beat she beats her to death and this is kind of where we get to see that Ellie is like definitely going down a new path. Um a path that is like all new brutal. And then Ellie tries to pull a uh Ellie tries to pull the old Joel and get Mel and Owen to tell where Abby is. With the point on this map. And she better point on this map too. And then he tries to wrestle the gun away. And then this is where she, Ellie kills Owen. And then... Well, she kills Mel. And then Owen. And Owen whispers in his dying breaths, she's pregnant. And yeah, that uh, you can see Ellie freak out and collapse. This is a big thing I want to point out in one of my main arguments towards the end of the episode um, about the dichotomy between Abby and Ellie. But uh, Ellie fucking killed a pregnant woman. She didn't realize. She didn't know. Um, it was concealed pretty well. She was wearing a big jacket. Okay, Mel could have been a little fat. All right. Mel also yeah. plays Tiny Tina. Did you know that in Borderlands? Oh, uh, no. I did yes. not know that. Same actress. Yes. She's all over the place if you look. She's, she does a lot of stuff. I think she was in um, – she, she did something in Uncharted 2, but I don't know. Uh, so it switches to Abby's point of view. We get to see her father uh, be the coolest guy ever and save this zebra – And then we find out that he's the surgeon that was going to operate on Ellie. We get to see him talking with Marlene about what's wrong about it because he doesn't want to do it. He feels bad. He knows what he's doing. And they feel yeah. terrible. And they say, this is it. This is the cure. And then they go for it. And then, well, what happens, happens. Because well, what? He, he, was, he was making the point that um, he – 
Marlene was upset, and she was the one that was making the point of um, she was asking him the question, "What if this was your daughter?" That and too. The way, he, the way he justified it was like this one thing can make up for an entire lifetime because it was the human race that they were talking about. True. Very true. <clears throat> he, he never did answer that question, what if it was his daughter? Which I think if it was, he would have probably done the same thing Joel would have done. Ultimately. They couldn't answer that question, though, because they had to leave it morally ambiguous. And her dad, the surgeon, um, he needed to stay flawless because that's he was the kind of person that in Abby's mind, he couldn't answer that, let alone with Abby, like, you know, listening, like, butting her head in, hey, are we going to kill a little girl today? Um, and then she gets to find out the hard way that uh, El- Joel didn't let it happen. Fast forward to uh, Eye of the Tiger. And Abby's just, like, working out. She's doing steps. She's doing lifts. She's doing body lifts. She- it puts Owen off to continue training. Continues to train. They decide to leave Ellie and Tommy B. Um, all of her friends die. But in the process, she finds Lev and uh um um go ahead. You gotta know this one. What is the sister's name? Sorry, it's been a minute. Was uh... Yara, 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 Yara. <clears throat> she bumps into them, and they technically cut her down, like, or did she cut herself down? They came over and cut her down. Uh, uh, Lev, Lev cut her down. Lev cuts her down, um, and then they escape together. That was a pretty intense scene when they string up Abby. Um, at any point during Abby's half, did you? come to like there's no guilt here you know um but did you become concerned for abby as you played through her stressful situations me too first um i was kind of like i don't know how to feel about this and then uh once they start playing through being put in the stressful situations with her was just very like it, it broke down every barrier of me having any emotion of resentfulness anger yeah yeah none of that it was just like as soon as they humanize her with her father it it does become a whole new ball game no matter what no matter how much you like joel it did become a whole new ball game yep i felt pretty scared too and then seeing the way uh you know she kind of comes to terms and she 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 begins to take she does have a conscience, ultimately. No matter what, she does have a conscience. Because she doesn't... Uh, she's 11 yards, they're like, we'll be fine. Yeah, but she goes back anyway. She's like, I, you know, she sees them hanging and she's like, geez, these kids are probably going to die without me. And that causes her to go back, right? Because she's always been very about herself. Um, and, went, yeah. and went back. Uh, so that's really, really... And uh, they were scars. What? Was, and they were scars. They were scars. And yes. That was like the whole reason the wolves mm-hmm. were trying to fight to survive. Highly convenient she found them uh, right when they were going through their own issues. 
additionally. So yeah. uh, we play as Abby. Abby has to go to ground zero to uh, <laughs> to zero. to get medication for Yara's beat to fucking shit arm. And clipped wing. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically her clipped wing. <laughs> it's terrible. Yikes! Hard yikes. God, that scene made me. Uh, when he beat the shit, her arm looked so bad from the get go. Like we'll set it. We'll just set it. No, you're not going to set. Dev, did you see what they did to that fucking arm with a hammer? It completely broke. Bone right there. <laughs> so, I mean, I was terrified in Ground Zero um, that whole time because they built it up and I'm like, what could possibly be in here that's bad? I mean, I understand it's Ground Zero, but, like, they haven't introduced anything that's, like, you know, um, sci-fi fantasy. What could they do? And then, well, uh, you get in the ambulance and you find out. How did you I think feel? Until I, started, I was reading the notes down there. Mm-hmm. Once I started reading the notes, I was like, it all started here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, when things get left alone for so long, these things go crazy. <laughs> yes. And yeah. who's to say how long, what goes wrong when they're left to bake for that long? Undisturbed, because no one was going down there. No one. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I wasn't ready for that one. I didn't. I did not no. think it was gonna be four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Rat King, as it's called. What did you? Uh, some people say that was a little bit too contrived of Resident Evil. They say that was a little bit too Resident Evil for them, and that they didn't like it. Every time I hear someone complain about this game, I think I just I'm listening to a whiny child. But I digress. Um, <laughs> I feel like Resident Evil, their characters are way more out there. Yeah. This was like, not a Tyrannosaurus. This was not a dog. This was not a, like... <laughs> it was no Spider-Man. Yeah. Slash half-living human. It was just a bunch of bodies molded together. Which makes sense. Which, yeah. That's how the virus works. It glues you yeah. to things. And the fact that they have the same biological DNA, the fact that they're clumped together, yeah, sorry, that makes complete sense. That, that would happen. Um, I've got a fun question for you. So... Abby, basically, I don't know about you when I was playing as Abby, barely handled the Rat King. That was not, that thing was beefy, let alone when the other one broke off and started running, yeah. asshole. Um, uh, yeah. How did you, I, f- what? I died <laughs> so many times. I, yeah, me too. I died some too. Because um, I was like, what? When do I stop shooting? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm out of ammo. <laughs> I think this is a testament to the gameplay and how they take advantage of the gameplay and as it relates to the player character. Uh, do you think Ellie would have survived the fight with the Rat King? No. Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Ellie would not have been in the shape to handle that thing. She she can barely handle the the clickers and the stalkers on her yes. own. I mean, her game is a silent one, and, you know, when time's up and it's all between her and that thing, it's like, oh, wow, this could be oof. Hard yeah. oof. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets the medication, they fix Yara's shoulder, and then they find out that Lev left to go to her mom because uh, as bad as a, of a character decision as that was, good characters make bad decisions. They just do. Um, because that makes them three-dimensional. That makes them a lot more realistic. And so uh, that being said, for a good character to make uh, a, you know, a, a bad mistake, this is also a child we're talking about. 
with Lev. Uh, it goes back to the island, and we get to go back right as the wolves attack and see the Civil War play out on the island. That was crazy. That might have been the, to me at least, I I feel like that was potentially the craziest sequence in the whole game. Oh, uh, easy. Riding through the war zone. And I... Uh, also, the metaphor that, like, everyone's killing each other for no good reason, and then when you look at it, um, these people killed each other, too. They just destroyed each other. And we get to yeah. see what the result of that was, and that was their homes just destroyed. Like, could the wolves have survived that? Yeah, they they very well could have, um, because their hometown was not attacked. But I think it's clear to say that the Scars are probably fucked, um after this whole fight but they they don't answer that question because it's not important the point is everyone's destroying each other because that's the world that we live in now right yeah abby returns finds all of her friends dead uh yari gets killed very unfortunately um but she takes out the wolves leader whose name i forgot too um Isaac. isaac thank you she takes out Isaac. Isaac was such a very prominent, strong character, but you could tell um, he was one-dimensional to me in the right way that he was uh, clearly... <laughs> that he was, you know, uh, kind of out to end things. He he was that character who was out to do the tough thing, even if it was bad kind of person. Yeah. And it sucks because he is a little like Joel in that way, where he's like, I'll make the hard decisions if I have to, but uh not in the same way that joel did because joel did it very selfishly isaac did it in a very leadership role kind of way i noticed um which made it that much more interesting when yara shoots him like eight times from the ground and then they brittle her with bullets and that's over which sucks but abby escapes with lev that was interesting to watch yes it was um, so glad we went to Ground Zero to chop her arm off. I digress. <laughs> That's just the way these stories work. There's no way to know. There was no way to know. And it was worth saving Yara's life uh, ahead of time. So It was nice to have her there for the ride a little longer. Yes, that too. <laughs> so uh, we get to the island. We escape the island. And, well, um, Abby returns. They get to the theater. Abby blows Jesse's brains out while he's walking out the door. Sucks pretty bad. We're about 99% sure she's going to kill Tommy, irregardless. Um, and she fires on Tommy. Luckily, he survived, clearly. And then that bitch-ass boss fight backstage. Oh, my God. That, to me, was yeah. probably the most annoying part of the game. Fighting Ellie as Abby. Yeah. The most conflicting part of the game. Because I had the same thought that a lot of people said they just went ahead and did, which was just let let Ellie kill Abby, which I did um, the very first time, an opportunity I had. I let her kill Abby, um, not like right away. I didn't like run into Ellie, but I did like try to hide and then probably not fight as hard if she grappled me or something. And I thought I would just kind of like let it happen and see if this is the way the game ended and that, that you know this is the way they would kind of... Uh, uh, let you edit if you wanted it to or if you wanted to fight as abby and as it turns out they just let you uh it is a game fail state to fail against ellie um yeah that whole fight was so annoying <laughs> it was that was a rough fight because i felt so 
internally conflicted. Yeah. So I was like, this is not how I thought this was going to play out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was it was it was interesting to t- see a game t- twist it on its head like that. Because mm-hmm. not no other game has done that that I can think of. Where you're technically your main character is also the hardest boss in the game. Yeah. Yes. So Abby bests Ellie. Um, Dina walks in and uh, is about to get her throat slit. To which Ellie says she's pregnant, and Abby says, "Good," and is ready to slit the throat before Lev says something. This, to me, is the ultimate defining of Abby's character in the way she works. This is a moment that defined the character she is in this game, where she's about to kill Dina knowing full well that she's pregnant. And only stopping because Lev says, don't. This is my largest argument for Abby sympathizers. There are people online that say, Abby's my favorite character. Abby was just fine. Abby was completely justified. And we make the arguments that all of the characters in this game are pieces of shit. Yes, they're technically all pieces of shit. But Abby does not find redemption in this game. She begins redemption by helping Lev, but we also have to look at her journey in the way that it relates to progression as a person. So there's a lot of Abby sympathizers, and I'm okay if you want to be Team Abby. I'm completely fine with that. She's not a good person. In fact, she's worse than Ellie in a lot of ways because she's much, much, much angrier Um, in the way that she knows that is the defining moment ultimately she knows dina is pregnant and says good and is ready to still kill her ellie would ellie have changed her mind if she knew mel was pregnant probably if mel went at her ellie might have had to do something a little bit different right abby had the upper situation um in a split second. So to me, the reason they left that in is because they, they really never wanted Abby to go straight from bad guy to, oh, she's a good guy too. She has a conscience. No, she's still an angry person, and it's been, it hasn't been that long since she started growing a conscience and helping people that needed help. And while that might be a redeeming factor for her, Abby is still basically a complete piece of shit for gladly being ready to kill a pregnant woman, a pregnant yeah. person to me um they touched, on, they touched on that a few a few different times in the game too where different characters were calling her a piece of shit like mel yes all yes. the time yeah i heard on because she knows yeah and i heard a p i i, I heard a, a on a podcast one guy was like saying oh i'm so surprised that you know by the time i was playing as abby and then mel's going you're a piece of shit and i said actually you know what no you're a piece of shit mel and that's where i was like skirt it exists full-on like desperate need to be in either the black or the white without acknowledging there are shades of gray can really blind people into thinking that abby's behavior is okay that they can be on team you know abby flawlessly and that it's all right it's okay to still be okay with abby as a character that's completely fine but to say no you're a piece of shit mel Mel is one of the 
only other people Mel and Jesse are the only people that are characterly character uh character how do I put it in in character flawless innocence innocence true that they you know Jesse is pretty neutral but Mel is very very good on the spectrum she's very good in the way that she was never comfortable with what what they were doing um Mel was the first person I think that suggested letting Ellie and Tommy go because they had nothing to do with it. And then, you know, later on when they get back, she doesn't even want to talk to Abby because they went and they did that. And, and to what really like bums me out is to hear a large, the large personality I heard say like, no, fuck you, Mel, you're a piece of shit. That just to me, I'm just like, oh my God, that's, this is what gives the trolls and the haters fuel is when you say dumb very uncritical thinking thought process of no fuck you mel no mel is perfect mel is fine mel is a victim in many ways of this you want to call her a piece of shit just because you're playing as abby and they want you to you know like try and decide where you're at no we need critical thinking when it comes to this so um are you playing as a piece of shit the whole game yeah um can can you say you know what there's nothing wrong with abby no i think you're you're incredibly flawed in the way you think critically if you think that abby is an okay person or like okay i could be on team abby ultimately you're playing as a flawed angry asshole (laughs) abby the asshole and it never stops you know i've got another dichotomy question for you um, another opposite side of the spectrum. What do you think Abby would have done um, in this situation? She's with Levin Yara. Levin Yara need help. If she hadn't killed Joel and someone said, here's a lead to where Joel's at, the morning she woke up from that nightmare, would she have gone after Joel or would she have gone to save Levin Yara? yes very much so it's a hard question though right i mean it's like it is you you do have to stop and think about it but like you say that confidently you say that confidently she was hell-bent on going after joel she just was right that 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 was her peace of mind if she didn't get joel to make up for her the death of her father Uh she that was like her point of existing. Yes. Rewind to the first game in which uh, Ellie says, why do you do this? How do you keep going? What do you do? And he says, you find something to keep fighting for. Right? I think Levin Yar there, ultimately, it was something that was easy. It was good timing for them because Abby saved them. If Joel was still alive, they'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> Lev would be yeah. dead. Yara would be dead. And uh, in terms of Abby's character, um, it's it's okay if like you ended up being just fine playing as Abby. I was just fine playing as Abby. You too, right? Yeah. At first, I was kind of like, uh, why are they making me play as her? But yes. once you start playing and going through the stuff that she's been through, and you mm-hmm. see what she's lived through, yeah, it's like there's there's black there's there's not just black and white it's there's some gray here it's true it's true um so furthermore you 
uh, they part ways. She doesn't kill. She doesn't kill Dina because Lev says not to, not because she doesn't want to. Because the reason she doesn't kill a pregnant person is because she has someone step in and tell her it's wrong. She had to have a child tell her it's wrong to kill a pregnant person, and that's when you kind of realize how far down that pit she is. Fortunately for the rest of the game, Abby gets no chance at redemption, so that's where The Last of Us 2 Part 2 ends, ultimately, is on, um, you know, um, that's where her character progression ends, um, until she gets the shit beat out of her, of course, um, <laughs> by a uh, freaking Ron Perlman of the Lost Last of Us universe, um, <laughs> gets, full, uh, man, that was, that was some interesting shit, but they go to Santa Barbara looking for the fireflies, Ellie re re retires to, to the farm, the farm the the farmstead um with baby jj which i immediately caught on was joel jesse i don't know about you uh and then we get to see life on the farm which was incredibly incredibly simple uh, how did you feel about everything up until this point and the way the game was kind of like taking place were you content with the way things stopped were you um you know, surprised when Tommy showed up and said we can still end this. Like, what what was your ultimate thoughts of the game at this point, having gone through Ellie's story, having gone through Abby's story, as it relates to Seattle? Me as a person, I felt content. But playing the character, I knew that that character, Ellie, I knew she was not intent. And it was very much the same factor of Abby having to go out and get Joel. Ellie felt like she had to go out and get Abby because she she was having nightmares about PTSD. Yeah, she mm -hmm. couldn't just let it go. And I think that was her dealing with her own demons trying to go after Abby. It's true. This is a very opportune part uh, as well to talk about the backwards process of her birthday surprise at the museum with Joel. Um, him pushing her in the water, her pushing him in the water, and addressing that she knows how to swim now. Very cute. More progression. Um, him saying, Joel saying, you uh, would have gotten along with Sarah really good, his last daughter. Lots of things that come full circle and also hurt your heart quite a bit. Right? And we get the feels. He does all the stuff for her in the spaceship. And it's here that we find out even more than what we knew in the first game, what he did for her, how much Joel loves Ellie. You know? Things like going through the aquarium and the zoo and the museum, um, I've noticed there was a very big running theme on moments in the game. Like the slow pauses and everything. The memories. And I kind of, I would, I would always think of it as like, Abby and Ellie are when they kill the two people most precious to them, it was like them taking all those moments away. Yes. And it completely broke them both down. And I think Abby was worse off because of it was her dad and Joel wasn't exactly Ellie's dad, but uh -huh. Ellie and Joel had built up that relationship especially once you go through and see the museum scene and like seeing how joel was with ellie mm -hmm, how, mm -hmm. how playful it was and it was just like you felt you felt like this was almost joel's redemption at getting a second chance of spending time with his daughter yes very much so i i'm really glad you put it that way i didn't even look at it that way that you know these were like literal memories we were looking at these were memories and that's what made them so important 
And going further as it relates to the memories that they have, um, they get progressively worse too. And you notice like it starts with the good memories, but what, what ends up being most poignant towards the end of the game are the bad memories where she squeezes it out of Joel that there are not other immune people. That all of those people, all those fireflies were brutally murdered in the hospital by Joel. And that, um, and then ultimately, as it panned up to the end there, the, the night she, she kissed Dina, um, bigot sandwich guy says, um, that's inappropriate, and Joel knocks his lights out. Um, what does he call him? Dykes, I think? I think so, something like that. And Nellie says, I don't need you to protect me. And they leave us hanging on the idea for a very long time <laughs> that that is the last thing she said to Joel before he died. Yeah. Flawless storytelling. Flawless. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the storytelling was so great. Yeah. And like, when, they, when she squeezed it out of him about the whole hospital situation, uh-huh. that was in the past. So that whole time that we're playing as Ellie and going through everything after Joel's death and everything like that, mm-hmm. Ellie already knew. Yeah. And I, like, throughout playing the game, I never thought Ellie knew. Because yes. when they, the way they they introed the game was mm-hmm. him telling Tommy. So we only thought Tommy was the first one to know, but actually Ellie found out before Tommy. I don't think that's the way it happened in the thing, but you're still not off because um, we spent we still spend a lot of time. He told he told Tommy like right away, like right when they got back, right when he gave her the guitar. Like Ellie still looks oh, super right. young. That but was, that was when they went on the their to get the guitar strings. But you're not wrong because they were um uh further back. We spend a lot of the game not knowing that Ellie found out and told Joe. We spend a lot of time not knowing how hard Joel and Ellie fell apart. Yeah. Um, which means like oh shit, they did fall apart really hard. And towards the end of the game, and that's another thing with the structure of things, where you find out the cost of what things are um, and how scary the idea of them, of everything being in vain, of the last thing you said to that person, of how many good memories versus bad memories you had with them. And when you start finding out that she had a decent amount of bad memories, that makes his death that much more worse because you know at the end of the day, at least for Joel's sake, how much he loved her and probably how much Ellie still loved Joel. Yeah. And as we figure out that some of these memories were bad memories, not good memories, it makes it that much more desperate to find out what the resolution will be where Ellie's going to settle on Joel's death because you can't go back, but you can only figure out how bad it really was. Another thing that kind of touches that was the Ellie's little diary memory journal that she kept with her all the time. Yes! She would draw the images of him dead. Yes. So the bad the bad memories definitely stuck with her. Yes. But we also have good memories in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yo, you're 100 percent correct. You can't have the good without the bad. It's true. Um, you look at it, um, in that perspective, and we we're on the homestead, and she's having PTSD. 
and we're finding out that like and especially as tommy shows up and says she's in she's in santa barbara right now like we've got her someone saw her and ellie has to juggle this the last of us part two did something very very personal for me that i actually haven't said this out loud in real life yet um not even to you and we've we've talked about this game uh on end even before this podcast but ellie at the farmhouse after getting the ever-loving shit beat out of her at the theater is dancing with jj and dina in the kitchen dancing with the baby and being happy and i notice she has a very prominent scar on her upper lip from where she was hit and she was bested and i started crying because i have the exact same scar on my own lip as a result of my primary bully throughout middle school and high school sucker punching me after he failed his science class at the end of the year uh unprovoked in the mouth uh walking away from him um walking away from a friend in his general direction and he just sucker punched me and i saw stars and i ran to the nearest classroom which was actually my english classroom my english teacher is in there going like what is going on and i stop at the the desk and i'm cupping my hands and i have a pool of blood cupped in my hands and on the desk and i stop and i touch the desk and i'm like And he's following me into the classroom, calling me a pussy for running. And I look up. And I'm furious at this point. I look up at at him and I see his face flipped from I've got you to oh shit. Because it's so much blood running profusely out of this old scar right here i remember uh yeah the lidocaine it doesn't it's not as bad now um and it seems like it fits in naturally with my face <laughs> um i have to remind people it's there sometimes so i never noticed that yeah i wanted to find him for a really long time because i felt like justice was overdue i wanted to find him for a long time um with a baseball bat i didn't care about fair i didn't care about i had no shits to give about this guy other than knowing that he put me through hell for no good reason in high school and something that made this game ultimately relatable to me 
and helped me also grow as a person is the fact that over time, time does heal. I've gotten better. Um, I don't want to hurt this person anymore, despite what he did to me. Um, despite the fact that I remember that the lidocaine shot I got to my lip to numb it, uh, it was so swollen that the lidocaine didn't work on all the stitches, and the the top and bottom stitch of the four were not numbed when I got them. And furthermore, I did ultimately let go of it before this game kind of, uh, you know, before this game was released. And so I'm not saying this is something that I was struggling with before I played the game. And then it's, oh, well, I always, you know, let him go. And then she went back. What made it very prominent for me was that she did find the ultimate happiness past that. What happened to her was worse than what happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, that... Um, when I when I saw she got beat down after you know what had initially happened, and granted, I got bat- beat down after years of bullying. Uh, you know, he called me fat a lot. Um, during school, he would poke me as hard as he could, call me fatty. Uh, in the classrooms, and it was kind of a weird premeditated thing that was like somehow incredibly personal towards the end, but for him to have done that and and uh get away with it was something that I had to kind of come to terms with because I knew that I would lose myself if I was the person that acted on that that I would I would lose myself and granted I was yay I was able to see this faster than a fictional character did but <laughs> <laughs> who's to say where it would have put me you know what I mean and it made me it did make me feel good even though Ellie still ends up going after Abby but the game ended up getting like extra 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 credit for me as a person (laughs) and 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 uh, touching my soul in that way where it's like she was there she took i mean she took a literal recent like uh, ass beating and is living without it tommy stirs shit up and then she gets the ptsd um of abby and that's it. She has to go, and Dina says, "Don't bother coming back." That's heartbreaking. She goes to Santa Barbara. We go through the weird uh, slave cult thing they have going over there, and then she finds Abby strung up. I'm kind of hogging the mic right now with my own story and telling that, but at this point, where where were you at in the feels of the game with her going to Santa Barbara? Were you excited for the revenge? Were were you upset that um, Ellie was taking it that far? Were you doing what I was doing, which is yelling at the TV, going, Stop! What is wrong? Just stop! Quit while you're ahead! She's gonna beat the shit out of you again. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I struggled with with her decision making too um when tommy came back and he was trying to get her gung-ho to go Mm -hmm. when he figured out abby's location eyeless and his wife left him and his wife left him and um it was just like all right tommy lost himself he's he's now a different person and I thought Ellie was going to be the bigger person and kind of just like let it walk away. 
because she's she's already kind of made up for it by taking out Abby's friends mm-hmm. and Owen, mm-hmm. her lover. Yes. Mel, who was pregnant. Like yes. Ellie, she already did the deed, and I felt like it should have been completed. But like, well, everything that it takes you to is so surreal in the first place in this weird way that it that it touches in such a real way that everyone can relate yeah as well in some way that it's not anyone who who sees this as the experience of the story that you need to take in that you need to absorb that you can you know find and relate to really takes away a lot from this game yeah in in the same way that i do and that you do and other people do um, unless you think Abby is a flawless human being, in which case you're, you know, just uh, try to suck Neil Druckmann's cock. He wouldn't want you to because he would be like, really, you're misunderstanding me in the game, in the story. But yeah. <laughs> he'd be drinking out a water bottle and just let the water run out his mouth to let you know how evil you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, just go back, play it again, play it again. Think about the characters. Yeah. Think about the characters. Let's, let's do it the right way. Question. Back to your question. Yes, um, I, I think it, it was troubling and hard for me to feel okay with Ellie's decision to continue to go after Abby because I, I wanted her to stop, and just like you, I was just like, stop, <laughs> why, why continue on this path? Yes, you, you're already set. Like you made up for everything that had happened. Like yes. things are good. Don't screw this up. And at that point, it's just like, all right, you're you're just as much of an asshole as Abby, so yeah. might as well. You're so right. You're so right at that point. She's going yeah. to extreme. She is Abby at that point. I didn't even. Yeah. I haven't even made that connection yet. She is Abby at that point because yeah, she tracked her to Seattle the first time just the way she did, but they're a long time gone from that event by the time that ellie is like oh okay so ellie went after abby the first time fine eye for an eye but the second time and she's going to santa barbara that's when everyone is like really and you're right there's not much to differentiate her from abby at that point just driven by and leaving everything behind she leaves behind the the dina and jj the way that abby put owen aside and owen went and started a lot right yeah so she finds abby strung up haircut thin clearly has been out on this freaking pole for a while and she she cuts her down they get to the boat and abby's getting on like ellie is not clearly here to see a job finished and then they start fighting and where were you at in these final moments? This is clearly the end of the game. Well, how did you feel when they were going at it? And whether or not you were frustrated with Ellie for going that far in the first place, how did, how did you feel about who won and who lost? Man, I felt so torn. Like, I was in distress just playing that whole fight scene. I was just like, I don't... I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to do this. And I was just like, why are they making me do this? Yes. <laughs> and I try. I tried for a good second to just like back off and like maybe maybe Abby would just get tired and stop. 
but she kept coming. Yeah. And then Ellie kept pressing the matter too, and it was just like, Jesus, this is at this point senseless. They're both beaten to shit. Yes. They just they just escaped with the last sliver of their life. Uh-huh. Why keep this going? Why? Serious. And Ellie has it, a quick flash sideways of Joel yeah. looking up at her and smiling. You're like, what the fuck? As she's drowning, Abby, I think, is what it was. Yeah. And then we get to see the actual last conversation she had with Joel. Right? Which is... The one where she says, Look, I didn't need your help back there. I'm, you know, what do you think of me being a lesbian? He says, I don't care. Kind of figured it out. I do dirty things for coffee. (laughs) and and she says look i'm i'm so mad at you that i don't think i can forgive you but i would like to try and then we get to see joel cry for the very first time yeah it means so much to him he gets his voice wavers and he says i would like that a lot even more heartbreaking when you rewind to the first conversation dina and ellie have on their journeys of what they were going to do that night which ellie said i think i'm going to go watch a movie with joel and she never got to i didn't even realize that a little bit (laughs) yeah Uh... and she doesn't get to go back and she doesn't get to have that conversation uh, or she doesn't get to begin the healing process with Joel but a big part of this and what I think a lot of people lose is that the reason she let Abby up and, and let Abby go A lot of people say Ellie's a bitch. She just grew a conscience. But it's not that. If Abby was on fire immediately after that, Ellie would not have pissed on her to put her out. This is not conscience-related. This is completion-related. This is decision-related. This is personality-related, where she had Abby dead to rights, finally. She was going to kill Abby. She had Abby at death's door. Yeah. And didn't. And when you hear the line, I don't know if I can forgive you, but I'd like to start. I think she comes to terms with the fact that if she can let Abby go, that she definitely would have been able to forgive Joel she would have been able to let it go with Joel because she was able to let it go with Abby. And at this point, Abby ultimately has done something far worse to Ellie as it's been kind of decided that losing someone is worse than dying. Yeah. Losing someone can be worse than dying. And... For her to lose Joel the way she did and then let Abby up and go, I think Ellie proved to herself 
that she would have been able to forgive Joel and that she in her heart knew that she ultimately did not blame Joel. She did forgive Joel. Maybe she did blame Joel, but she still forgave him. Yeah. Ultimately, which is a large, large thing in the way that these things are chopped up. It was like everything that was left with her her frustration and anger with Joel was instilled in Abby. And being able to let that go with Abby was her her saving grace of maybe trying to come to terms with herself and yeah moving past it all and so she returns to the farmhouse and tries to play the pearl jam song and can't because she is missing the fingers from that we're left with another woulda shoulda coulda question or like a would she have maybe is this a spilled milk thing did she did she leave the guitar behind because she couldn't play it anymore or because she knew she was leaving Joel behind in that way in leaving maybe it's all perfect and it meant both Probably both, with how this story was played out. Yes, very <laughs> much so. How did you feel about that ending? It also felt right, but it was it was disheartening and like sad. Yeah, in a cathartic way. Yeah, in a heartbreaking way. You you did this to yourself and you made your own bed, but like, there's there's still chance at something else coming out of it. I like that you made that point. Because I don't know, it's just kind of going back to her memory book. Like, it's all about the good and the bad. The good would not be as good if it wasn't for the bad moments. Yeah. To give it that like emphasis. Yeah. I I wonder what was running through Ellie's head while she was walking through the house and while she was walking away. Well, I mean, clearly that Dina had enough of her shit because Dina uh, did say she wouldn't be there when she got back. Dina took fucking everything. Everything. Yeah. And put all of Ellie's shit in one room and shut the door as if to say this is where you're going and this is where you're going to stay in my mind. Yeah. Look at look at how Dina got over it to have a better life in that short time while Ellie chose revenge with Abby over Dina and JJ. Yeah. And how Dina is also, in her own way, a flawless character. <laughs> yeah. It was rightfully so and yep. her doing so. Yeah. I found that highly interesting. So that's the story of of The Last of Us Part 2 that we've kind of gone, you know, through it and we were able to really dissect the absolute shit out of it just now. Um let's get to some nitty-gritty of of the bullshit of people saying things and getting mad. Clearly the controversy 
as it relates is people being upset about Joel and Joel's death. One argument is that he went out like a bitch. People said, oh, he didn't get a hero's death, which I completely disagree. Abby wouldn't have come to kill him if he didn't end up saving Ellie. The first person to stand between him and Ellie and saving her life was Abby's dad. And so he put Abby's father down to save Ellie. And this is what ultimately caused Abby to train to come and find him and kill him. Yeah. At the end of the day, Joel died saving Ellie. Plain and simple. That was his ultimate goal in the first game, and they saw it through to the second one. It's true. It's true. So, to me, comes as no surprise that the, the person who killed him came for revenge. It just does not surprise me. In it's the almost slightest. like a... It's like a warrior's death, you know? You die an honorable death kind of deal. Yes. Dying for something that you felt you needed to die for, Mm -hmm. for it to exist. If God gave him a second chance, he would do it all over. Yeah. One of the larger statements in the whole game. Uh, People are so upset, so upset about the game that they make you like, oh, we're going to have to play as Abby, and we're going to have to... And Joel went out, but he's not in here for the rest of the game. And I talked in the beginning of the episode about how this is a game that makes you mourn very quickly over someone, a character death. And everyone cared about Joel massively. Everyone loved Joel. And here we are in the aftermath, and people are so upset over Joel's death that they say that's the primary cause for it being a terrible game was killing Joel in the beginning. And then the cherry on top of their little shit Sunday, they say, is that they make you play as Abby. <clears throat> and who is not a likable character. I don't think she's... I don't like her. I sympathize with her. Majorly. She's been through some shit, too. But they say that ultimately what made it bad was that Joel died. They say they are upset that they don't like the game because Joel died. And, you know, what no one realizes is that Neil Druckmann is just soaking up and slurping down all those bitch-fucking-nerd tears. <laughs> These poor people. Well, he just, Joel went out like a bitch. And that's what made the game suck, and he was the hero. And I didn't do this, and that's why I think the game sucks, and Neil Druckmann ruined the franchise. Neil Druckmann sent out to make you bitches upset in the first place. And every person who says the game sucks because he did that is actually just a sore loser. They're just a sore loser. And they are just as upset as everyone else, if not more, than those of us who understand why it had to happen in the story. How it made the game so good. How it made it exist. I don't think The Last of Us Part Two would fucking exist without Joel's death. I just don't. Or in the fashion that it happens early in the game and not later on. People go, why couldn't he die later saving Ellie? Well, because the first game is an absolute heartbreak to go through. And how do you top that without immediately killing the most important person to you in the story immediately? And then making you go back slowly to realize how much more was there to that relationship than even you knew. I think something that people failed to catch on to was this game is not about playing a hero or a very specific character it's it's a game that tells a story among all of its characters it's a shakespearean tragedy in that sense 
Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you like that person. If that person is, you know, terrible to another person, then that's how that works. If if that person pissed off someone else, they don't care what they mean to that person. That's just not how it works. And so that made for, you know, a lot of things. A lot of people say that they were really, really upset uh, that they said, oh, we got faked out by the trailer when he said, I'm not going to let you do this alone. It, it was Joel. And it faked us out, blah, blah, blah. Mm, that is also, honestly, I think it's a good strategy. Because when it happens in the game, this is what happened for me. I forgot for a split second that Joel was dead. Because in that situation, who is the number one person who's going to be there for Ellie? It would have been Joel for that split second. And it's the hand toucher, and he's like, you think I'm going to let you do this? And I was like, Joel. And it's Jesse. Not that I wasn't happy to see Jesse, but I actually thought for a second, I was like, oh yeah, Joel's here now. Yay, Joel's Joel's dead and he's not coming back. And it hurt. I could see how Ellie would have thought that too. It made us think that. Even in the marketing had the long con the long game playing the long game of we're gonna start instilling these ideas now maybe it wasn't intentional you know just more unintentional brownie points of them nailing the game and making me feel things that i'm i don't know if i'm ever gonna feel the way i felt playing this game in any other game for the rest of all time thoughts it's a special special game <laughs> it's really hard to do and we had this conversation because i texted you after playing ghosts of uh, tsushima i played the beginning of it i didn't get 15 minutes into that game without feeling like i was playing a playstation 2 game because of how shit the facial animations are because of the lesser grade animation as it relates to realism and without the motion tracking without the mocap of the characters i thought i was watching animatronics when I was playing Ghost of Tsushima, and I was like, "Damn! Like none of this works." Watching watching a character uh, walk walk through a curtain, and part of his body like clips and walks through the curtain, and his head just like ghosts—no pun intended—through the 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 curtain hanging from the doorway. And I'm like, "That didn't happen once in The Last of Us Part Two. That game was so real, and it puts you so far into it. But that never never happened like that." Yeah, you know that. I, I watched a, a video on that kind of delved into the, the sound design of the game too, and um, I didn't realize how much detail they really put into all the different sounds, like the arrows for the scars and the mm -hmm. wolf and Ellie's arrows. Yes. They all sound different. Oh my god! They that... actually went through and like they attach like feathers to the the scar arrows uh -huh. just to get their own unique sound really yeah oh the heavy breathing um, every time things would that escalate one. they would have the heavy breathing when yes. things were getting crazy and it changed so, it did because you yeah. saw that i'm assuming you're you bring that up from the twitter there was like a twitter um um what was it uh when they call it a, a long stream of twitter tweets something a thread sorry so there's the twitter thread yeah. of the artist who said 
just so you know, when the breathing happens like this, this is like us pushing through the heart palpitations of how she's behaving right now. And every time you hear her breathing alter, it's a palpitation of the heart, hypothetically. And you're like, they did science to figure this out. They did anatomy, biology, science. Yeah, they the, the amount of detail. Holy moly. <laughs> it's crazy. It I can't I haven't I haven't found a game since that I like as much as this. Granted it's been a short amount of time. Cyberpunk comes out at the end of the year. Maybe. One can one can hope, Maybe. but even then, if Cyberpunk just doesn't turn out as good, if it doesn't feel as realistic, it's gonna be a damn shame. <laughs> um uh i don't i mean i i feel like i've said most everything i want to say where are you at you got you got pages of notes there (laughs) yeah i'm trying to like read over because i had a lot of different things that were i just thought were neat yeah Um, the design things obviously did you see the the little clip of the guy opening the toilet seat there's no, a, I don't think someone went in the game, kneeled at the toilet seat, and went and stuck the nuz the nozzle of the gun, um, sorry, the muzzle under the gun, and pointed up. And the toilet seat moved on its hinges up. And then when he got out of the the, it stopped touching. It clapped shut. Oh, I didn't see that. Toilet seats can open. In this wow. game, yes, this is something that you're never gonna do unless you're trying to push this game to figure out what its limits are. Uh, one thing they did really good too was just keeping the pace up. Like yes, uh, when, when Abby was running away from that giant horde of zombies, mm-hmm. right next to the city the entire time. Yeah. I was I was sitting there thinking like, whoa, what are they gonna do about all these zombies? Like, are yes. they gonna? When they all met up, I thought they were gonna just go straight back to the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that wouldn't have moved there. But uh, between that, um, just enjoying all the small moments in the game too. When Dina calls Ellie aside, uh-huh. like, hey, look at this cool thing over here, and yeah. it's just the scenery view. And they did that in the first game too with the mm-hmm. giraffes. Yes. And it, it was nice to, to have those slow moments along with the crazy moments. Take on me Ugh. in the music shop. That is something that is completely missable if you are not checking everything in this game. This is something that you can miss. Yeah. I, I was eating at Great Scott's with my mom and Take On Me came on. And I was like, I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this song ruined fun and food for me. And that was a breakfast chimichanga that was delicious. You got the chimichanga? That's pretty good. Yeah, I finished. I still finished. I'm fat, of course, but I digress. <laughs> uh, so with all of all of the you know aspects of it, to me, a lot of people say, I think there's a there's a fine line in terms of finding the absolute truth behind the way you should feel about this game i feel like absolute haters either haven't played it or should be watching reality tv and soap 
operas. If you didn't like it. Um, there are much worse games out there for, for you to say are complete abominations. Also, the same people that say how much, how terrible this game is. I mean, aside the fact that they're clearly bitter, is that they're very upset. They're very upset that Joel's dead. They're very upset that they were forced to play as the woman who killed him. Uh, for reasons. I can't fucking blame her. I can't blame her for killing Joel. I just can't. So, um, that's just me being, you know, like a third person party. And I see you nodding, so I know you agree with most of these sentiments. Oh, yeah. Then there's the opposite side of the spectrum. Um, the the personality I know that said, no, Mel, you're a piece of shit. And I had to lean into this this thought process of like let's not overcompensate for the haters we need to take everything at face value just because we find a reason to play abby without being so miserable we turn off the fucking game is that we we find reasons to sympathize with her not to like her but to sympathize with her for the same reason that we could watch our worst enemies fall and break their ankle and we would probably still be tempted to help them back up i don't know that i would splint the ankle but we would help them back up especially if they were about to get hit by a car from tripping into the street and breaking their ankle it's these aspects of figuring out where that that gray lies and people are very different Still, Ellie felt terrible for killing a pregnant person. Uh, Abby had no qualms doing it. Ultimately, um, you would think that it would put Ellie higher on the scale of, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, are you a good person? But Ellie is still the only person between the two that actually has killed a pregnant person. You can't escape it. You cannot escape the violence unless you learn to let things go, unless you choose not to be angry, let alone about everything. And how these things can eat, eat you alive, how your angry actions can eat other people alive. Give them PTSD long after you've finished. But it's without gleaning these messages that the game ultimately goes to waste. People, they get hung up on uh, the Joel and Abby dynamic without acknowledging that, you know what? Abby is beginning Joel's style of journey by finding something to fight for, which is Levin Yara. And she's more like Joel at the end of this game than even Ellie is. Yeah. Which is insane. But when you don't take away from that, you ruin the story. So for me, ultimately, every time I hear a hater, I just think, wow, you're a baby. You're a whiny, crying, little, angry baby. Call me crazy. 
there are a lot of people that miss out on the experience huh it's funny you were mentioning uh abby's a lot like joel because i was totally thinking after watching everything over i was just like joel joel abby and lev are the new joel and ellie essentially yes 100 percent so in the first game, Ellie and Joel didn't get along right away either. Mm-mm. Then there's Abby and Lev, kind of yes. like unsure about each other, and oh, you're a scar. Oh, I'm a wolf. And mm-hmm. it was, Does it? It was really cool to see it flip like that. What is the line? I believe um, Abby's most quotable line in the whole thing, I do believe, is um, what she says. Well, we're not from the same. You know, um, she says I'm different people. I'm with different people, or I'm from different people, and Abby says, no, you're my people. Yeah. And takes ownership in that, so here's that. If only she still wasn't okay killing a pregnant person, then maybe she would have been a little bit more flawless, but ultimately, uh, you know, that's what makes the best characters is when they're (laughs) three-dimensional. I digress. Maybe in The Last of Us Part 3... We'll get to see uh, uh, Abby uh, grow the fuck up a little bit and maybe go, actually, now that I'm not angry all the time, maybe I was an absolute complete piece of shit. (laughs) There for a second. There for a second. (laughs) Possible. You got any closing thoughts? Hmm. Not really. It, the whole game is, it's weird. It's so great, but it's almost like everything bad that happened in the game was almost pointless. It was a zero-sum game. Nobody yes. won. Nobody lost. Yes. Everything was pretty equal and balanced with how it ended, and it was just like, you, you can't hate it and love it at the same time. Yes, it's true. That's all I got. It's true. Well, I've I've said everything that I think I could possibly say. Uh, so hopefully I didn't forget anything. With that, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, mine and Cage's thoughts on The Last of Us Part 2. If you like the episode, you can like and subscribe. You can go listen to the podcast as well. If you're not listening to the podcast, you can go listen to the YouTube. You can also listen to something that's far more upbeat, much happier and silly and probably sexually oriented it's called when daniel met rich but thank you for joining us i'm daniel i'm gage i will i will see everyone uh later on another episode gage are you gonna come back and do one of these eventually oh yeah okay good perfect perfect all right i gotta talk to a guy about sucking dicks (laughs) 